You're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 37 of Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Ramey, and I'm super excited to be sitting down today with Jana Siegel. Jana is an old friend. We met in New York City back in the mid-2000s, something like that. Um, And we met at a yoga studio called Yoga Works, where we were both teaching. And Jana teaches yoga or at least used to, we'll have to talk about if you're still doing that. Um, And she also has a thriving acupuncture practice in New York City called Thrive Acupuncture. Welcome, Jana. Hi, Holly. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for sitting with me today. Um, Why don't we start by just telling the listeners a little bit about you and your practice and what you do? Sure, absolutely. Um, So I opened Thrive Acupuncture just shy of nine years ago, which I can almost not believe. Um, And right now, that's it's it's a hundred percent where my focus is. I just recently expanded into a new beautiful space where I can see um, you know a whole lot more patients um, and the timing. Um, was kind of weird, but also kind of great because I think now more than ever, people really, really need this kind of healing or any kind of healing, all kinds of healing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, your practice is in Manhattan. Yes. And we met teaching at the Union Square studio um, of Yoga Works. Are you still teaching yoga? I'm not teaching any yoga right now. Right now, it's just part of my personal practice. Yeah, I think we all need to get on the mat now and again in any way, (laughs) shape, or form that we can. So let's start back from the beginning. Um, You were teaching yoga at Yoga Works. Um, Tell me a little bit about like what drew you there, starting with that, and then how you kind of, were there any significant um, events in your life that kind of called you towards a more um, holistic look at healing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I look back on it, it feels almost like a series of luck. But I also think I was um, very pulled toward all of this. Um, I started teaching yoga um, almost by accident. It was not like a path I necessarily was seeking out. You know, I and I I think that you started this way, too, um, in New York City. I was in the corporate world um, and I had just sort of hit a wall and I was I wasn't happy. It just didn't make sense. Um, And I had this plan, like, I'm going to take a year off um, and work some odd jobs. And um, yoga was something that I did personally. It was a personal practice for me. And a friend of mine who was a teacher was like, why don't you get a job at the studio? Then you'll be around it. You can get free classes. Um, And it all just kind of snowballed from there. Um, you know, one of my teachers encouraged me to join the training and it was when Yoga Works was fairly new in New York and they were looking to kind of put together a team of uh, teachers trained in the Yoga Works style. 
Um, and, you know, and in my mind, I was like just doing it for fun. Mm. And it was fun. And it was so much fun that I just didn't stop. Because, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, this life makes so much more sense to me. Um, and then the acupuncture was always something I was marginally interested in and didn't know a lot about. And um, at some point with Yoga Works, I was uh, running their corporate program and I had set up classes at, uh, where I wound up ultimately going to school for acupuncture. And I went in there to teach one or two days a week and, you know, they were like, sit in on some classes, come to the clinic, get some free acupuncture, um, you know. And at the time, I was like kind of feeling the itch for a, a little bit more. Um, and I, I found it so fascinating that the more I learned about it, the more I needed to know about it. You know, I was like, how have I made it this far in my life and not known about an entire style of medicine and also at the time I had had an injury that was about three years old, um, which I had just sort of made peace with that like, this is something that's just always going to ache and I have to use my body a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And when I started getting acupuncture treatments regularly, it was gone, like to the point where it was a, a shoulder injury. And I remember being in a yoga class and um, went to do something that I had stopped doing entirely because of the pain. And I was like, I'm just going to give this a try. And I went to do it and I did it. And like, I couldn't even remember which arm I had the pain in Wow! Um, because it was just gone. And I was like, wow, I want, I want the ability to be able to do that for people, you know, and if our bodies can heal with just like a few uh, simple, maybe simple is not the right word, you know, but um, just a few needles and some deep breaths, like in the right place. Um, I, I need to know how to do this, not just for myself, you know, like it, it was so fascinating. I wanted to know everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was a four year grad program, which I started in 2007. And I still feel like I'll never know everything, you know. Yeah. There's so much to study. It's so profoundly interesting. So, you know, I've been like pursuing and, and chasing ever since. Um, but just seeing the, the clinical results um, from people who've walked through my door, I, I, I trust and believe completely. But there are still days when I'm like, wow, I can't believe that happened that quickly. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> I still, um, to me, there's still a little bit of awe um, behind it. Because as much as I understand it as best as I can, and I don't think I'll ever fully and completely understand it, um, it, it I see things every day that are, are, that are fascinating and inspiring and exciting. Um, so yeah, my passion is fully here now. <laughs> this yeah. is definitely the path I'm chasing. It definitely feels like a magical practice in that, um, like you said, just a few simple techniques can make profound shifts and changes in your life. And I remember being, um, one of your first like clients, I don't know if I was really <laughs> first clients, but in that first group of people coming in, um, 
you are. Hey, I'm doing this new thing. Will you come in and try it? And I was like, hell yes. <laughs> down and, um, you know, working together for many years and how much was able to like shift and change. And um, I really feel like you have such an intuitive knack for it. Um, that sitting in your chair and being under your care and coming, um, you know, on a regular basis, you were really able to not only um, look at what my needs were in that moment, but look back and see like changes that were being made. Um, And they were always subtle, but they were always very powerful. Um, And even just little things, um, like introducing a new food group or, um, you know, just a little piece of practical advice that I could take home and really think about the way that I respond to these things, um, elementally and, and all of it. And I know it's such, there's so much, um, Mm -hmm. that you're looking at, you're looking at the physical body and you're looking at these energy systems and you're looking at elemental and the seasons and, and all of this, and you're looking at my tongue and, <laughs> and my pulse and all these different things. So, um, and you're such a dream patient because you like follow all of these things yourself, right? And a lot of the connections that you make, um, you know, overlap in principle. You've just studied it from a different vantage point. Um, and it's so fascinating the way it all overlaps and like really convalesced for you. Mm, one of my favorite and one of the reasons I do this, right, is to look <laughs> at all of these healing practices through these different lenses and see how they synchronize in so many different ways. Um, this is going to sound so funny, but one of the images I just had when you were talking <laughs> was of a scene please don't murder me from sex in the city. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. SATC. I will always be a fan. Uh, Charlotte is going in for acupuncture because she's heard that all these older women in their forties are magically becoming pregnant. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They've gone to Dr. Mao. And so she goes to Dr. Mao and she's got like all the needles in her face, but she can't. (laughs) Right. like there's like a protest going on outside and it's like all crazy and the fucking shit doesn't work for her because she can't like relax and I was wondering like how active is the participation of the client in this process right because you can like stick needles in anyone right, right. Um, but where do we <laughs> where do we meet together like how does that happen where does the synergy happen I mean, it's so funny, that scene, because whenever I see it, like, a part of me is, like, oh, cringe. Because, like, first of all, you know, she's going in for fertility. You're never going to put all these needles in somebody's face. You know, (laughs) it's, like, purely just, like, for made-for-TV visuals. So I'm, like, how is that encouraging anyone to want to try needles in their face, right? Um, And then, yeah, like the distraction and the noise and the background and not being able to relax and like, you know, the myth that like you can go in at 40 to try to get pregnant, get one treatment, you know, like go home, have sex, like wake up pregnant. You know, it doesn't work that way. Of course, the body does not work that way. (laughs) You know, and like I, I treat a ton of fertility and acupuncture is incredibly successful 
but it's successful because, um, you know, it takes care of underlying issues. It takes care of, you know, hormonal imbalances. It, it does stress reduction. Like it gets the body as prepped as it can. And, you know, for a lot of people getting pregnant is very complicated. So we work, um, in conjunction with their reproductive endocrinologist. And I, I mean, I don't see anyone who's um, having trouble conceiving for, you know, usually less than three months, but sometimes it's even six, you know, like you have to go through several cycles with people. They have to be on a regular plan. They're usually coming in several times a week. And, you know, it's not a lot of needles and it shouldn't be, the whole process is stressful, but the acupuncture piece is usually where they're like, ah, I'm so happy to just come in and like lie down in a dark room, like with, you know, essential oils diffusing and, and like mellow meditation music in the dark by myself, you know, it's, um, the, you know, at least the environments that we try to create here helps to foster the healing process in every way possible. And, you know, I'm in New York City, it's very hard to go a day without hearing a siren or a protest or whatever is happening outside is happening inside. Um, You know, so just getting people to a place of calm where it's happening, but it it doesn't matter. And um, to circle back to your question, which I think I really went off track from, um, buy-in is helpful. You know, I'm not gonna take on a patient who doesn't want to participate because you have to want it more than me. You know, you have to care about your own body and your own healing, you know, enough that, I think that you're going to follow along at least with the plan so we can get results. And honestly, I don't take, I don't take every patient who walks through my door. I don't take people. I don't think I can help. If I don't think I can help you. I refer you out. Um, you know, but also if, if you're not on board with the plan, um, then it's not to say acupuncture can't help you, you know, it's just, we're not going to work together and people will be willing to, but, you know, you have to be involved to some degree. If you want to get better, you have to do your part as well. It'll make it more effective, um, but you don't have to believe in it for it to work. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be completely honest, I would say, um, you know, the undergrad program, and that's not even all the way to the doctorate, is four years. And for like the first two, I was like, this is nonsense. This makes no sense. You know, like I was, I like kind of half believed because I was like, well, I got good results. I just don't get why, you know, but I was still skeptical and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It still helped, you know. And even now, like, especially with COVID, where like, you know, for a while when we were all like quarantined and stuff, I was just like, oh, maybe I'll see if I can fix this with some needle. Like, I was just thinking needles in myself because I'm like, what else was there to do? Um, you know, and sometimes I would, I would like kind of forget what my intention was. And it didn't really matter. Like my brain didn't need to be on board as long as my body was. 
And you can, I'm sure, completely relate to this. Sometimes it works better that way. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Reiki in the practice, which is a totally different system of energy healing, um, but sometimes it's best to put the mind aside and let the body do the work uh-huh. because it's an intelligent system. We mm-hmm. don't need to control it with the brain. Yeah. And you can talk your way in or out of anything. Absolutely. And I feel the same way that like when I first started offering Reiki um, or receiving it and learning about it and was in my trainings, um, I had to convince myself (laughs) many times of um, that it was valid, that it was a valid form of healing and that just because it wasn't tangible didn't Mm -hmm. that it doesn't work. Um, And I think that that can be something difficult to explain to people in a world that really focuses a lot on tangible material (laughs) items and tangible results. And, you know, um, this kind of linear do this and then see this and yeah. mm -hmm, And that's not really uh, the path that even the, like, show me the research, you know, it's a lot of the research is anecdotal, but these practices that we both do are several thousand years old, you know, like a fad diet lasts six months, you know? Um, so it's almost like the, the proof is, is in the pudding proof is in the results. You know, I can tell you my success rate percentages, but it's only in my cohort of patients, but you know, for the things that I'm good at treating and that I believe acupuncture is great at, they're very high and often higher than the Western success rates. But yeah, um, yeah like you said, it's not necessarily like a tangible or a linear um, sort of practice. Yeah. Sometimes we just got to go back into the past lives and, you know, <laughs> no trauma before we move forward, you know, yeah. we don't know. We just don't know. <laughs> so because of the timing we just uh, experienced the fall equinox and we're making this the shift on the wheel of the seasons and Mm -hmm. I thought today that we could talk about um, one thing that you focus on in your practice and in your newsletters is always I know that around this time of year I'm going to get a newsletter from you and it's going to seasons changing and you know I do the same and I look at it from um, more of the Ayurvedic uh, point of view and lens of like shifting into vata season um, which is shifting into the colder more dry period Um, the air element is dominant and how that happens like both externally and then internally and how we can try to find some balance here and Um, I know that oh go ahead Oh, no. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I know that you do the same, but it's from the Chinese medicine point of view. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And like the elements are a little bit different in Chinese medicine. And so I thought we could start there and then you describe like what element is associated with fall and what what you do around this time with your patients to kind of help us um, shift and and like be receptive to these changes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we as humans are, we're part of nature. 
Um, and a lot of the principles behind Chinese medicine are, you know, we kind of have to flow with what's happening around us, right? And whatever season it is in wherever it is you're living, um, you know, you have to sort of mimic the behaviors of, you know, the animals around you, the trees around you, you know, they, there, we go through cycles in our lives. We go through um, seasonal cycles um, and in Chinese medicine, you know, it's a lot about the yin to the yang or the yang to the yin. And winter is, you know, the utmost yin. So every day we get like a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer where we're moving from yang to yin, you know, and then at um, the solstice, all of a sudden we flip and we start moving from yin to yang. yang and it's gradual. Um, but the fall to me, and I don't know if it's just you know, from like being a kid, it was so significant going from summer into fall because it was like party and then back to school, you know. Um, but for some reason, this season for me is always the most apparent one. But I feel like when I walk outside, the change feels really significant and really fast, right? Like all of a sudden it's like Labor Day and then two days later you're like, is it getting darker earlier? Does the light look different? Does the air feel different? Um, so, you know, all those things are in play. And um, in Chinese medicine, um, the element is actually metal, which I there, I don't believe there is metal in Ayurveda. Is there? No. Okay. Because there, there is some overlap and sometimes I like get a little bit confused. Yeah, uh, so the element is metal, and there's always an element, there's a spirit, um, and there's an organ system. So the organ system is is the lung, which, you know, is also significant right now, especially because of what's going on with, like, COVID and, um, you know, even just in the fall, and it's, like, different type of allergies and cold and flu season, um, there's different qualities to the air. Um, I think that's really interesting too, because that you say that that shift feels like the most significant to you. Um, because I feel like it's really the one that affects our body so much too, because like cold and flu season is often the result of us not adapting to these changes well. Um, and it seems that like we have more ease kind of rolling out of winter and like into spring and summer. Um, and we do kind of coming out of summer and moving into fall. It's just like, we all get this like shock to our system and then everyone gets sick, you know? And I feel the same way in that fall to me feels very significant. The change of the light feels like, wow, it's dark so early now. Um, and, and it continues to get darker and darker. And we really start to like look at it and track it. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I get very excited around this time of year. I love when the air starts to feel crisp. I love that like back to school kind of feeling. Like, I don't know. I like school. I like to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Or at least like back to some, some kind of schedule or normalcy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Routine. I, I think, too, there is this, like, because the change feels so significant, mm-hmm. um, there feels like 
it's we're moving towards darkness, right? We're moving towards cold. We're moving towards um, what you said was yin, which is moving inward, which is feminine, right? Yes. So nature is like the death part of the cycle. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, because we have to put things behind us in order to grow and move on to the next thing. But I think like why it's easy to sprout from winter into spring is because we spend winter like burrowed and like all these ideas are germinating. And then all of a sudden in the spring, you know, like the things are starting to bud and sprout and so are our ideas. And all of a sudden we can act on them because we have this power. Whereas in this transition, from like fall to winter, we're being asked to like pack it up, you know, like you had your chance, (laughs) you know, you've like expressed yourself fully all summer. So now we're to wind it down, we're to like clean house and start preparing our nest and getting ready to go into that like sort of darker, more internal, sort of more introspective space, Um, you know, but layered with what's happening right now in the world that's a little bit more challenging, you know, like it's not always so easy to look um, in with honesty when there are things that you're trying not to confront per se. Right. Um, But now um, when there's so much emotion um, all the time, you know, um, it is, I think the, for me sometimes, and for a lot of people I'm hearing from my patients, you know, the idea of like going back underground, like it feels like we never really left. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, interestingly, uh, the, the emotion associated with metal and the lung channel is grief. Mm. Um, And I think that's uh, very significant right now as well. You know, like clinically, I, in my practice, I've seen a, a lot of fear and that's kind of a winter emotion and a lot of anxiety and that's kind of a summer emotion. But, you know, uh, things are not kind of stacking up the way they typically do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's like sort of a reckoning right now, right? And, you know, there's grief because there's been a lot of loss. Mm-hmm. Um But there's also like a type of loss, um, you know, just of like our lives, the way we knew them, um, you know, or like how we were talking about earlier, like watching children try to socially distance play together. And you're just, you watch it and you know, in your heart, like there's something, there's like a, I don't know if sadness is the right word, but it does almost seem like they don't know what they're missing. <laughs> they can make anything fun, but we, we feel that loss, right? Um, so it's really, really important right now to, to address and take care of these like channel systems, these meridians, these organ systems, um, because we're already coming at it almost at a deficit, you know, like we're already in this place And sometimes the emotional leads to the physical and, you know, immunity is really important right now. So we have to kind of keep that grief in check um, because we want to keep our lungs strong because we want to be able to fight infection. You know, we want to um, 
stay healthy, stay strong. Um, and a lot of the work that I'm doing right now in the seasonal shift is not just thinking about, you know, like the anxiety or the insomnia or a lot. And I've been treating a lot of that, but thinking about how um, this coming season is going to affect people and kind of prophylactically um, boost and take care of that. And you can probably speak to that as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, from a Reiki perspective of what you're seeing and how your practice might shift a little bit seasonally. I think it's really interesting that I just, um, I just worked with someone recently who lost their home in the fires. And when I opened into their space, it, it was, um, smoke, smoke is what I saw. Um, and again, like we're looking at this and how it affects the lungs, mm-hmm. right? And we're and looking at this and how it affects the heart. For me, it was the heart chakra, which rules over grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in most of my tarot readings that I do for the collective, I'm seeing over and over again, these energies of judgment, of compassion, of empathy, of, um, and the demon side of that, which is the, the grief that we have to work through in order to release that judgment um, and open into more compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. How in the practice in acupuncture um, do these things get addressed? Um, is it following that same, are you following the physical cues um, that lead to like a deeper emotional thing, or do sometimes people just come in and, and speak strictly from emotional standpoints or kind of both at the same time? Yeah. I mean, it's chicken and egg, you know, yeah, <laughs> it really is. And it depends on the person, you know, like I'll have someone come in, you know, presumably to work on something and all I see and all of their symptoms are like, hmm, this is all happening on like the long or large intestine channel and their pairs. And then as I get to know the person, I'll find out two or three weeks in that they've like, like someone in their family has passed or they've suffered a significant loss and it wasn't something it necessarily occurred to them to discuss with me. Uh, but there, it was manifesting in their body as this type of pain, right? But that was what led us to like what's really behind all of this. Um, and sometimes it's the other way around, um, you know, like sometimes uh, just fertility is on my mind because we just talked about it. You know, sometimes I there it's not a super clear pattern to me you know, as to like, this should be happening and why is it not? And then, and then we'll um, tap into something that's an emotional blockage. And I'm like, oh, there it is, you know, Um, but you don't see it. And Western tests don't show you that, right? And sometimes it's one will lead you to the other or vice versa. And you don't always have to know and some people like this because, like, I'm a talker, you're a talker. Like, I, everybody knows everything, you know, <laughs> about me because I, I, I'm an open book about a lot of these type of things. But there are some people who just um, talking it out doesn't work for them. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll hear often, you know, after working with somebody for a course of treatment or, you know, sometimes we're like well into their maintenance, you know, after we've resolved what they came in for, where they'll say, um, you know, I tried therapy for this and it just didn't work for me. It made me more anxious. I dreaded it. Like what I loved about coming to see you is I didn't have to talk about it yet somehow you would like feel the points and figure out where to put the needle and I would leave and I would feel better. And I got that same release without having to pinpoint like the exact um, incident or emotion that was causing it. So it's interesting. I don't even necessarily need to know the, you know, what's happening. And there are people who are of very few words and that's fine too. Um, but when I want to get an inkling of what channels to be working on, um, when you palpate, when you, when you feel along the lines, um, sometimes the body just gives you the information. And I'm not always exactly sure why the body wants these certain points, but I always need all those points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it starts to reveal itself. Um, cause we don't always know, you know, like we're our worst patients. I always, I needle myself all the time just cause I can, mm-hmm. um, but when I go and I, but I also get treatments from an acupuncturist and they like, they're more often than not, I'm surprised what formulas they're giving me. I'm surprised which points they've chosen. Um, you know, cause we're, we just don't see ourselves, Um, from the inside, the way someone with an outside perspective can. Absolutely. I mean, just get bypassing our own ego and seeing our situation objectively is such a challenge. Like, that's why we have to go to, I mean, I am the same. I get myself Reiki all the time, but I always get Reiki from from someone else. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Something's going on in my throat chakra, please. (laughs) And they'll be like, no, actually, I worked on the root. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) And do you find like the um, deeper you dive into your own personal spiritual practice, like the more of a team you need (laughs) to help you out? Yeah. And the more kind of unapologetic I become about needing it too. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, I recognize that like not everything is for me too do on my own you know I think we live in a very like independent like individualistic focus Mm -hmm. like do it all on your own but I think there's so much value in receiving outside support especially because we don't live in community anymore so like how are we to we can't do it all (laughs) all of the time No. And like, there's not even time to like research at all. I remember the first time you treated me, I knew like I'd I'd heard of Reiki. I kind of had an idea of what it was, but I'd never had it. And um, I think you came to my office. Mm -hmm. Right. And then after you left, I don't remember who I was speaking with, but I was like, I have no idea what just happened, but I feel so much better and I'm getting more because I want to always feel like this, you know? Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's talk a little bit about just like practical stuff that you do 
for the fall? Um, because I know obviously if someone is coming in and getting regular treatments that you're working with the needles in those meridians, um, Mm -hmm. or in the metal channel, the metal channel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, the metal is the element and there are different like types of acupuncture, you know, in the five element system, you are addressing the elements of metal Um, you're addressing one you're addressing you're addressing the other you know it's different descriptors a little bit different philosophy but um it all it all leads back to the same path yeah okay and are there any more like um I I know this is going to depend on the patient but is there anything that you kind of recommend to people um just to do like practical things that they can do in their everyday life to really help um, with the shift in season, um, you know, as like along with addressing grief in our lives, which is such a topic. I know, right? Because <laughs> who wants to go jump, jump into that deep pool, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the, one of the most basic and simple things that I always say is eat seasonally, eat locally, right? Whatever's growing in your region at the time has the temperature properties that your body needs at the time. Um, and to keep the, the lung chi strong um, and to address, you know, everything gets dry in the fall. Like if you think about how the leaves start to get really brittle and then there's all that like particle dust in the air, that you're breathing, you know, and that's just um, like a, in, normally in the fall, like fires and all this other crazy apocalyptical stuff aside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your skin gets dry, your hair gets dry. Like, I know, like on my hair is like, I feel like I'm always like pulling hair out of like the tub more in the fall than any other season. Um, so the most of the foods that are in season um, in fall help to address that dryness and they help to keep like like moisten the lungs. So you're not getting that sore throat. You're um, not like having those respiratory issues. Um, And a lot of it, like think about like Thanksgiving and Christmas, like the foods that you're eating. Um, It's a lot of, if you bake and if you bake too, like if they're a little bit warm, it helps like bake apples and pears and you know the spices like the clove and the cinnamon and the allspice um you know like the pumpkin the squash you know things like more root vegetables and you know that starts to move us into winter but they're starting to come into season now uh that those flavor profiles are going to help and you might find that that's what you're craving now anyway you know, yeah. it's so funny because I, I probably I'm going to get like kicked off your podcast for saying this, but I don't like pumpkin spice, but I always think it's so funny. How, like, everyone goes crazy for it now. Right. But it's actually those, those flavors are, um, you know, really beneficial right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is because we're supposed to sort of be slowing down is um, to, to change the types of physical practices that you're um, doing um, to things that like in the summer we have, and and a lot of the spring we have enough yang to like really do the super active, but like when your body feels tired, um, you have to rest, you have to do activities 
that um, like require less energy from you. You have to sleep a little bit more, you know, switch to like warm, um, like tea versus a cold drink, you know, things like that. Um, and uh, really kind of honor that. Um, I, I don't know the word for it, but I guess if you feel tired, then don't keep pushing go to bed <laughs> if you can, you know, or like rest if you can, or, you know, choose um, something that involves um, like a slower breathing, like a yoga versus like a run where you're getting breathless. Um, and if you're someone who practices pranayama or any type of breathing technique, um, it's kind of always the time, but now is really the time to like, you know, hone in and tap into that, um, you know, cause you will feel, feel your lungs strengthen. You know, if you do these things over time, you'll see, you can like hold your breath for longer. You can slow your breath down for a longer count. Um, so those, those type of practical things are very useful. Um, you know, get all your tune-ups. I know for a while, I mean, especially if you're in New York City, um, you know, everyone was like, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm not going to, you know, like you don't go see your practitioners because there's something like a little bit scary about it. Um, but if you're living in a state, you know, or in a town where your numbers are good or you have people who you trust, um, you know, how they're cleaning and protecting, then Go, go see your people to get your body right so that you're entering into the season um, with, with, um, with all of your strength, with all of your power, right? So the transition can be smooth and, and not so bumpy. Yeah, I love all of that. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite thing to do in the fall is um, that's, actually hysterical because I never thought about baking um when I said bake and today I said for, like for the first time in a long time I was like I feel like baking something <laughs> but I don't know what like what should I bake um you know like I need to bake like I don't know pumpkin bread or something um right on <laughs> your body you know you're spot on yep yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and it's true that like right now is when we would be, or when, if we were all growing gardens, we would be harvesting like those root vegetables, like beets and squash and potatoes. And we start to move into that like heartier food. Yeah. And my favorite thing is making like soups and stews with it. And I find myself craving just like a lot of warm liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Like nourish yourself yeah. in the fall or the winter, you know? I, and I feel like maybe because I have a lot of vata or like air element or metal in my just like natural constitution, or that's the way that I tend to go out of balance. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like a person who will drink warm tea all year long, like even mm -hmm. in the summer, because it's so grounding for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also oiling my entire body is like my favorite practice ever. <laughs> um, okay. So I know um, that's all great for transitioning into the fall. Is there anything that you've been offering to people um, specifically as like COVID or immune support? Um, yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I sort of go like two different routes. You know, I have like a whole immune immunity boosting plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I, every, every fall to winter, I put together a kit of like what I keep in my medicine cabinet, what herbal formulas, um, just so you have it all on hand should you start feeling sick. Um, with COVID, I've shifted it a little bit. Um, and I've been working with this phenomenal um, company in Colorado. Can I give her a shout out here? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Vail Valley Wellness. Um, this Dr. Becky Burgess is brilliant. And um, when this all began, I reached out to her because um, I wanted her expertise Um Right. So she's done all the research and she um, she has an herbal um, pharmacy. She makes all of her own formulas, um, you know, everything sourced well. Um, So there are certain herbal formulas um, that I get from her that I'll specifically use just general immunity boost, what you do if you're exposed and then what you do if you're symptomatic to reduce the symptoms. Um, nothing's a cure. You know, I would never promise that. We don't know enough about it. Um, you know, but there are herbal, you know, other herbal formulas that are COVID specific besides what would be in my typical cold and flu kit. Um, and then additionally, the types of treatments that I'm doing, no matter what people are coming in for, I'm, I'm always doing some elements of immune support and, if you're getting regular acupuncture, it kind of, you know, like I, I always joke that acupuncture is my health insurance. It yeah. does boost your immune system naturally, but I'll do certain specific um, immunity points now. And some people are coming in just straight up um, for help, you know, to keep their immune system strong, um, you know, and then the flip side is also, um, just the the stress and the emotional stuff and and the insomnia you know like if if we're not sleeping our body's never going to repair so a lot of times I'm I'm working with people just to take care of that piece Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and to me like getting somebody eight nine hours of sleep is equivalent to an immunity boost right yeah absolutely so we'll work with that um, so I, you know, acupuncture is interesting because it's not, um, one size fits all. Like I, it's not like I have one treatment protocol that I do. I would treat you completely different than like the next person who walked in the door behind you, even if you were coming in for the same thing, it's really specific and it's really, um, personalized, um, but we also, you know, I'm also trying to carry here like uh, other supplemental things um, that people will have just to help them, you know, like sometimes I just feel better knowing it's in my medicine cabinet, you yeah, know, totally. Um, but yeah, I, I have like a bunch of different packages kind of depending on uh, what people want or what people need. And like, frankly, no matter what people are coming in for, and especially here, because um, it was so bad for a while, it's always a little bit on people's minds. Uh, 
you know, so there, there's plenty you can do, you know, like there are certain points on the long channel that I kind of just use on everybody now just to keep them strong, just to keep them healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And are these all like, even the formulas that you're getting from the company Veil Valley, is that all Chinese herbs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's all Chinese herbal medicine. I mean, I'm sure that there are there are other holistic types of medicines too. I just uh, haven't studied them. So I wouldn't prescribe something that I didn't know a lot about or, you know, was consulting with an expert with, Um, you know, but these formulas are that I'm getting from her, I guess I should have said, um, are, you know, they, we've been using them since well before. And, um, you know, some of them are just modified a little bit to treat the pattern how COVID's presenting and you know for different people it's presenting so differently mm-hmm. you know uh so like my standard cold and flu formulas that I always keep in my medicine cabinet you know like I added one more that's got like a little bit different of a formulation you know and then like for the progression there are different formulas you can take but they're not new formulas they've been around forever yeah. you just you know they've addressed similar type manifestations yeah something, you know that might have had a different name mm-hmm. and then are you selling these through your practice so they're available through thrive acupuncture mm-hmm. okay awesome and are you just in person or are you like do you sell your products online too um i don't sell anything online right now um for besides like some very basic formulas i like to have a consultation with person before I give them herbal medicine yeah for Uh, sure because it's I mean there are certain formulas like there are a few where this will help almost anyone to sleep this will help almost anyone with stress um you know but for the most part um I want to see the person first I want to know what other medications they're taking um and sure I want to, medications, things right, like that. Right, right. <laughs> I want to I make sure I'm giving them the right formula that's for them. So it's not the kind of thing where, you know, I, I find it like so fascinating that you could just go online and like Google symptoms and buy like random supplements and stuff like that. You know, and sometimes I'll, I'll have a patient come in with a supplement list and I'll like call my nutritionist friend and be like, what are these? What do they do? And she's always like, ah, <laughs> you know, cause even like in the supplement world, it could be the right supplement, but it could be a company where like there's heavy metals or, you know, like sometimes they do more harm than good. Yeah. And like, for me, I don't prescribe herbal medicine to everybody. Um, you know, like for the same reason that I don't take on every patient. you know, if I don't, if I don't know, that this is, or if I don't think that I can help you, I'm not going to give you something like, well, try this. It might, you know, I read this, I read this on Google one day and this might, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like currently have an online shop. If it's a patient who I've known a long time and I know their pattern and I know their body and, and they call me and I haven't seen them in a while, but they need a formula. I'll like have a conversation with them or do like a telemed, you know, mm-hmm. but most of what I do is here in person. I think it's also like, you know, this understanding that like they're not magical pills that will yeah. just make it yeah. 
sure that it is meant to be done in accordance with this practice, which is going inward and accessing these points in the body and, you know, facilitating for this healing. You know, like you said, you have to you have to reach out in order for someone to reach back. It's a, there's participation both ways, um, which I love. I know we're coming up on time, um, but I wanted to ask one more question just about um, anything. I know New York city was in such an intense place for so long. And now you guys are doing a lot better, um, even better than we are over here in Nashville. Um, but is there anything that is just helping you in your personal practice right now um, from a holistic standpoint or even from literally any standpoint on that, <laughs> you know, um, anything that you have incorporated now during these times just to help make you feel sane, grounded, somewhat quote unquote normal. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it honestly depends on the day. Um, and for me, you know, sometimes it's, um, well, I for sure have, um, you know, taken back my meditation practice with a vengeance. I meditate every day. Um, and it's been really transformative. Um, when I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin, which happens often, um, I, I need to move like my, I'm so happy. I have a Peloton. I have ridden that thing into the ground. I've like clocked more miles in my living room than I ever have outside of my apartment, you know, <laughs> in the past, um, I don't know how long it's been six months or so. Um, so exercising helps a lot. Um, some, sometimes it's just getting out, you know, like going, I, it, the um, nature has become a lot more important to me. Um, so even if we go drive like an hour away so we can go walk someplace secluded without a mask for a little bit and like, you know, breathe fresh air, be around trees or be around nature. Um, I've found that to be really helpful. Um, and, um, you know, all, all of the... Um, sort of spiritual practices that um, I turned to before, you know, sometimes um, less consistently. I'm very, very consistent with now. Uh, and I, I think without all of these tools, I don't know where I would be. I still have bad days, but at least I feel like I have things that I can try. <laughs> you know absolutely um, we all do sometimes it's just you know sometimes I'm just crying in my kitchen you know <laughs> other whatever it takes you know yeah. I had a day like that yesterday where I was like meditation no mantra <laughs> movement no burger no <laughs> no bath still mad <laughs> yeah yeah and, you know, that, I think that's almost the hardest part, right? Um, yeah. And we talked about it a little bit um, earlier, just like being willing to be in it. Mm-hmm. It does pass. The next day feels different, you know? Yeah. yeah. And just riding those waves with as much ease and grace as we can muster. 
Yeah. And like reaching out to each other mm-hmm. and like relying on other people in a way, maybe that's not even that comfortable for if like you're a more independent person, um, you know, totally. and trying to be kind, even when you're not feeling gracious, um, all of those things. This has been like a real like test and a real mirror. Yeah, actually that's brilliant because when I told um, both people that I told yesterday when I was having a bad day, they said, well, how about a hug? <laughs> and I, <laughs> oh, I never thought of that one. I had <laughs> 10 other things up my sleeve, but sometimes <laughs> it's, it's just a hug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basic, uh, yeah, a little human contact. Yeah, humans you can contact with safely, and yeah. All right, Jana, I'm sending you a virtual hug for back at you into the show today. Um, thank you for sharing all of these tips and tools with the listeners. I think they're going to be really helpful for all of us as we try to transition into fall um, in the middle of a pandemic and (laughs) just really adapt to this new normal um, and these significant changes that are happening just all over the globe right now. But um, is there anything else? um, Can you just, as we close out, tell the listeners how to find you? Do you have a website? Um, You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's www.thriveacupuncturenny.com. Um, you know, and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. It's all, you know, at Thrive Acupuncture NY. Um, you could try the Google. <laughs> I should pop up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, those of you who are local, um, if safety is a concern, my protocols are on my website. They're really intense and like maybe a little bit over the top, um, but that's kind of how I roll. <laughs> um, and we're open, we're here, and I'd love to see you. Um, and okay. yeah, you know, reach out. <laughs> I'm available. It was great, great talking to you, Holly. Thank you so much. I'm going to link all of your info in the show notes. And for the listeners, stay tuned. We are going to do a full moon forecast coming up in a moment. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second portion of the show. I am going to give you a tarot forecast for the full moon in Aries. First, I want to get started with a few announcements. Um, This is the last few days to purchase the Sacred Wheel Tarot course. So, This is an eight-week course. Well, it was designed as an eight-week course, but now it is available for instant digital download, which means that you get all of the course materials, including a gorgeous PDF notebook, and you can take the course at your own pace. This is not only an introduction into tarot, but a deep dive into all of the cards, 
what they mean, how to read them, how to read spreads, the ritual of reading, the meaning behind the cards, and really my unique approach to reading uh, tarot cards, which is influenced by my background in yoga and Reiki and understanding elemental wisdom and the chakra system and so much more. So if you've been interested in really understanding, gaining some deeper wisdom around reading the tarot and how to incorporate it into your life, how to read for yourself, how to read for others. I cover all of that in this course. It's really comprehensive. And right now you can get it for two more days at a discount. So head over to my website. The promo code is up on a banner. And until the end of September, just a few more days, you can purchase it for 20% off. Okay, my loves. Um, So we are entering into the full moon period. In a few days from now, we are going to experience a full moon in Aries. So this is our first full moon of Libra season, and it's always in the opposing energy. If you want to get a really good picture and understanding of the astrology of this time, you can join me for a full moon ceremony. It's virtual via Zoom, so you can join from anywhere in the world, and I do one on every new and full moon. So we'll really deep dive into the energy of the full moon. Um, It's the peak of the season, so it is the peak energy in the astrological season that we're in, in the moon cycle. And it is a really a time of illumination, seeing what was not there before, seeing what was maybe in shadow. And for me, full moons bring kind of an intensity of energy. Often people um, feel the effects of the full moon. They might not be able to sleep really well the night of the full moon or the nights leading up to it. Um, you might feel more energetically drained during this time and really hypersensitive, or you might feel the opposite. You might feel really amped up just depending on what sign the full moon is in and where it's hitting your chart. Right. And so, um, in the full moon ceremonies, I talk a lot about the energy energy of the full moon. And then we do a physical practice to really work with it. And for me personally, I really like to engage in a lot of rest, reflection and restoration during this time. And I think that this is very specifically important for right now, being that we are in a Mars retrograde in Aries. So Mars, the planet that leads and guides Aries is in this sign, but it is retrograde, meaning it appears to be moving backwards. And what we see in retrogrades is a time to reflect, a time to review, a time to look back, not necessarily a time to push forward into action, which is actually what Mars really likes to do, right? So there's a little bit of an opposing force happening here with Mars retrograde. And then we have Mercury, which just entered Scorpio, and that's about to go retrograde, um, right around the next new moon in Libra. So within the next two weeks, so we're about to enter the shadow period for Mercury as well. What this means is that this is a really 
great time to conserve our energy, right? To go back to maybe look at past ways in which we have claimed our own authority, right? Aries is a leader. Aries is a fire sign. It's associated with our individuality, our authentic expression of that, and really how we hold our own power and our own will. And so this can be a time to really look at how that relates to us as individuals and then how we play that out within our relationships, right? We've always got to look to the polar, the opposite sign. We're in Libra season, right? So how we play out our individual strengths and have them mirrored back to us in our relationships and what are the dynamics of give and receive and how do we find and claim our own authority while also finding balance and harmony in relationship. Okay, you guys? So leading into this reading for the full moon, it's kind of a perfect segue um, because the theme that I pulled for us is the lovers. And the lovers is all about relationship. It is about our relationships being mirrors to reflect back to us that which we maybe have in shadow or maybe anything really. Our relationships mirror back to us the things that we love about ourselves, the things that we don't love about us. They can be a really great way to reflect what we are working with internally in an external way. And it's Libra season, right? So this this theme is highlighted. Libra is in the house of our relationships and how we really engage. And with the lovers, we find a really beautiful balance in the exchange of energy, in the give and receive of love. And the card that I'm pulling with this from the liminal space is day by day, the best stories produce better stories. And what this card is really telling us is that we are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors. And that right now, we are meant to be coming into a sense of interdependence, both personally and societally, right? And that we are standing on the backs of the work that our ancestors laid down before us. We are the best stories of our ancestors, and we are here to continue to create even better stories. This feels like a really beautiful theme for this new or full moon, sorry, in Aries is a real look at our relationships and the energetic exchange and how we as humans can use this to continue to up-level and grow. We can use our relationships and the, the part that we play in them to continue to evolve and develop interpersonal relationships. We are in relationship to everything. We're in relationship to each other. We're in relationship to this planet. We're in relationship to our bodies, to our career, to everything around us. And so we can continue to strengthen these relationships and to find the heart chakra, right? And to really engage from there through compassion, through empathy, through learning how to hold space and be intimate with ourselves and with others. Okay. And then what we are releasing, I pulled the three of wands reversed with the postcards deck perception is reality. Don't forget that. And what these two cards show me is that we are ready to release playing small. 
We are ready to release kind of staying comfortable, staying small, being afraid to kind of rock the boat, being afraid to expand our energy and explore. We're willing and ready to change our perception, which will in turn change our reality and allow us to expand, allow us to rock the boat, allow us to use our voices. We must use our voices during Libra season, right? It's all about communication and finding balance there. And then what we are moving into, I pulled the ace of pentacles, right? So a new seed being planted with the tribe of dreams, which is another card that speaks of interdependence. So just as the lovers, right? We see interdependence. We see freedom within union. The, this, the result of this type of interdependence comes in the tribe of dreams. And this is when we find our tribe. This is when we find the people that we resonate with. This is when we have successfully cohabitated, pulled ourselves out of codependency and into interdependence. And then we can really uplevel to a higher consciousness. We are moving away from now this individualistic way of thinking that our society has really been focused around, right? We see it all the time. Self-love, self-care, self-everything, right? It's all about the self, the self, the self. But what we forget is that what we do internally is reflected back to us externally. And so I'm, I, I am a big promoter of self-love and self-care, right? But not from a selfish kind of singular point of view, but with that intention of becoming really intimate with the self so that we can deepen our intimacy with others, right? And the tribe of dreams to me is healing in community, is unity consciousness, right? We're not just thinking about ourselves in this really individualized way and what affects us and what doesn't affect us, but we can see how we are all part of a bigger system. And we can see how that system works, not just for us, but for everyone, right? This is Libra season, no justice, no peace. There is no peace. There is no tribe of dreams unless the system works for every single person in it. And I'm really actually shocked to see these cards out on the table because we are in the middle of so much shadow coming up in our system, in so much political injustice in our country and in the world. But what I see here is that we are planting the seed to create this unity consciousness, to create this tribe of dreams. And this is how we do it through the lovers, through being able to do this with ourselves, with our friends, with our family, with our community. And then slowly that plants a seed to continue for that to grow and grow and continue to spiral outwards. Okay, you guys, so a really, really uplifting reading for us this Libra season on this Aries full moon. Um, and so after looking at these cards and really sitting with them, um, 
I think some beautiful exercises for this full moon is to really examine your relationships and, you know, really sit down and reflect on different aspects of your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your body, your relationship with the earth, any close relationships that feel in balance or out of balance for you and, um, really write down, the the goal, the intention for these relationships. How do you want to feel in them? How do you want the people you're in relationship to feel? Um, and what action steps can you take towards balance, towards harmony, towards unity, consciousness in this way? Um, and maybe even do a little bit of work in community. So like I said, my new moon ceremony, we join together, we hold space for each other. Um, it's an intimate space where we get to share and to heal together, right? To experience that tribe, that support, um, not just on our own, but from others, because really we, we are all in this together, right? We are not alone in our suffering. And so, um, maybe in this full moon, you can join with loved ones or even with strangers and, um, really share and reflect. Um, and also take some time for yourself, take some time to practice any kind of restoration or, um, healing, anything that makes you feel really balanced for this Libra season. Okay. You guys. So I hope that this serves you well. Um, it's going to be a really beautiful time. Light your candles, set your intentions and get together with those that you love. Take care. I'm not going to